Hi, this is Kimberly, but you can call me Vanguard. And this is Katie, but you can call me Vanguard. <laughs> you are my Vanguard. I will follow. Oof. This is a date with Dateline. We are talking about Nexium. We should probably just state right off the bat, there is a lot of information out there about this. Right. There are two major documentary series about this issue. We're going to cover the Dateline, what Dateline revealed about this. So if we miss things or don't go into a lot of detail about something, just it's okay. Yeah, there's plenty of other information out there for facts. This Dateline had different interviews than we've seen before and some new information. So that's what we're going to be covering. So that's what we're, I just want to say that I'm sure that, you know, when you're talking about like a hot button thing that's happening now. People are going to be like, they didn't talk about this, that was this, that those are great, great examples. We're going to cover the Dateline coverage. If you don't know anything about Nexium, this is a fine intro package. If you know everything about Nexium, this is still a fine package for you. Oh, yeah, this is a good supplemental package. Yeah. And I would say go and check out HBO's The Vow and Stars Seduced. Thank you. Both of those are great series that cover it. Excellent. This episode is called Collateral Damage. It took me quite a bit longer than I'm proud to admit that that's why it's called that. And I don't belong in Nexium or in DOS or deserve to be called the Vanguard because it was a good 45 minutes into the episode when I realized why it was called collateral damage. You're not alone. Really? I'm actually do deserve to be called the Vanguard. <laughs> and well, that's self-proclaimed, but I think that's how that works. So I think that's okay if I just proclaim it. That's fine. To myself yeah. and to others. But I wrote down, oh, we sh I should use something with collateral for titles this week. And then I thought to myself, come on. It was at that point that I also realized that uh, <laughs> obviously that's why this is that's why it's called, called collateral damage. So you, we're, I'm right with you. Don't worry about it. Right. I was thinking more like the metaphorical term for the, but they were taught. It's it's the same thing. I mean, collateral. It's a literal title. It's the literal title, and that's collateral is okay. It will get there. February twenty sixth, two thousand twenty one, episode twenty nine, season thirty two, hosted by Kate. Who the F are you, Snow? I'm just kidding. I really like Kate Snow. I've seen her on things before. She's not one of our main hosts, though. It's a little confusing. Kate Snow. Sorry. <laughs> you know nothing, Kate Snow. It, it keeps running through my head. You know nothing, <laughs> Kate Snow. But she knows quite a bit. She knew a lot. And I liked her, so I can't, the, it doesn't work. No, I like her. I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. So we start with India Oxenberg. Who you may know if you've seen some of these shows. She was on the Stars one, right? Or is she just on all of them? She's in both. Okay. She grew up in fancy LA. Her grandma is royalty. Her mom starred in Dynasty. Her mom's Catherine Oxenberg. She grew up on movie sets with her mom. And then her mom married Casper Van Deen, who I used to have a huge crush on, but I can't think how I know him, like what I knew him from, what movie, but I had a crush on him. Is he an actor? Yes, he's an actor. I don't know him. You were not allowed like teeny bopper magazines, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, he was like a teeny bopper guy? He was like a No, he's just Tiger He's beat? just super handsome. So I think that's sort of why. I assumed he was handsome because his name is Casper Van Deen. Yeah. If you're named that, you have to be handsome. There was a kid in my junior high named Darren Dean, 
Yeah, he was really handsome because that's his name. Okay, Baron he's D. in Starship Troopers, Sleepy Hollow. I've seen that. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I think he was on 90210, it said. Haven't seen I haven't that. seen most of these movies. Python, Dead Water, Shark Attack, Modern Vampires. Oh, lots of fun ones. Modern Vampires. The Curse of King Tut's Tomb. Count me in. I'm in. For King Tut's Tomb, that's the one that did it? Not Modern Vampires? No, Alpha Wolf. That's what I... 500 mile per hour storm. These all sound great and made for TV. I'm into it. So they were on a reality show called I Married a Princess, and that I actually did recognize because I watched that show when it was on. I don't think it was on for very long. Is it just about her and Cass? And their blended family, yeah. It's no other princesses. No, it's just her. And yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, India hosted a TV show called Teen Talk. That I did not know. Did not recognize. That looked cool. And it looked like she really had it put together. She was one of those girls that like could be an actor at a young age and like actually know who they are. And that's how did she wind up in a cult? And me, who never knew who I was, had no self-confidence, could never have had enough poise to be on a TV show, made it out cult free, unscathed. You have to leave the house. Yeah, you're right. No, that's a great point. I mean, I could. It's not too late for me. Like, I think there are cults that go for older people. But let's be clear. If someone told you that you need that they were going to executive training courses, Mm -hmm. you would avoid going to that. I would 100 percent because of the title executive success programs. That's what I mean is the stupidest name I've ever heard. It's like they just took words that are like business person words and they put them in the title like executive VIP business person corporate training corporate training <laughs> class and you'll be like I'm in but the thing is for a lot of people I think just not you and I but I think for a lot of people when they would hear something like that if they're feeling a little aimless mm-hmm. that would be something that would be appealing to them yeah to me that sounds like I need to learn excel and I'm not doing it. <laughs> I would not want to go because it would mean that I would have to get further into the depths of Excel. They should have had that as like ESP executive success program in parentheses, no need to learn Excel. Yeah, no Excel necessary. Also unimpressed that the sign on the door that said executive success programs was all scratched to heck. I thought it was my phone. I kept thinking it was my phone. And then finally I realized, no, somebody went and scratched the thing. I think maybe they were trying to get it off and it's bolted on there. They can't get it off. No, I think it's one of those where the person comes and does the stencil thing. And then part of it got scratched off. So somebody tried to start chipping off the program part. Maybe someone that was mad at Keith. Probably. But also it doesn't look very executive successful if you have a name sign that's all chipped. It looks the opposite. Yeah, it looks unsuccess it looks middle management unsuccessful academy (laughs) yeah mail room at best yeah (laughs) entry level so Mm -hmm. uh, india was taking a break from college she was a young woman looking kind of to see what she wanted to do so she and her mom started going to these seminars these esp seminars esp was part of a larger company called nexium but it's spelled is there a V? There's an X and a V, I believe. Is there? It's N X I V M, all like Roman numerals. That's just irritating. Yeah, but they spell it. They say it next to you, but they're trying to be cool. But what does it stand for? 
It stands for Elon Musk's baby. Okay. I'm assuming that they state it at the beginning of one of these documentaries. I'm just not remembering, but I'm sure it is something. I feel like it's an acronym, but I could I don't be think wrong. it's an acronym. I think they just took the word Nexium because it sounds cool and spelled it interestingly. That's my guess. <laughs> I'm really sorry. When you look up what does it mean, the first thing that comes up is an American sex cult. Yes, accurate. <laughs> that engaged in sex trafficking it's while true. claiming to be a multi-level marketing company. And then two things down. What does Nexium mean? The t- definition, a New York sex cult. There you go. That's it. So there we go. That's what it stands for. Now we know. Thanks, Google. Mystery solved. So the seminars cost thousands of dollars, and they were all about empowering women. They are led by Keith Raniere, who looks like a playwright, a failed playwright. Oh, sure. Could you see that? Or a successful one. Or I would say a less attractive Bill Paxton. No. Okay. I don't want to say no. That's what you see. That's what I see. Okay. What do you see? Not that. Maybe he reflects whatever you want to see in him. Oh, good Lord. And. Because he is, after all, the vanguard. Yeah. So whatever you need, that's what he reflects. And I needed to see a less attractive Bill Paxton. Okay. He didn't really remind me of anyone that I'd seen before, to be honest. Well, that makes him special and unique. That's why he's the vanguard. But not particularly interesting. I see people every day that I've never, well, not anymore, but I used to see people every day that I, you know, had never seen anyone like them before. He's one of those. Okay. Just anyone you'd see on the street. He just looks like a guy. I don't know. He looks a guy. Yeah. He just looks like a person. Yeah. So yeah. he was super impressive. He invited the Dalai Lama to meet with him. And I guess the Dalai Lama came. And uh, that's not true. There's a photo of them. Yeah, there's a big deal about that in one of the documentaries. Is that a fake photo or a fake Dalai Lama? It was kind of a coerced visit. Let's put it that way, that basically the Lama then had to go and like take back any nice things he said, but even before anything came out. Really? He was led to believe certain things that were not true and figured them out and was upset. Yes. Okay. They played the Lama. How dare you play the Lama? Yeah, how dare you? But like Keith was really obsessed with him yeah. coming for like having this visit to make to validate him. It's there creepy. were a lot of notable women in his group. Yeah. They were told that Keith had one of the highest IQs on record. We find out later higher than 200. Was there any proof of that? Because you can't just say that. Because this thing's I just can't. Kimberly, three out of five internet quizzes told him. Natalie from 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> Natalie from 90 Day Fiance apparently has a very high IQ of 130. So. And she might be a sociopath. So there we go. She definitely is a sociopath. I think if you have a high IQ, like a really, really high IQ, I think that a little bit of like sociopath or psychopath, one of the paths come with that. I we're dissing any member of Mensa that is listening to our podcast. Kimberly. There aren't any, let's be real. <laughs> There's no members of Mensa no. listening Sorry. to the podcast. I think Keith took an internet quiz that he paid ninety nine to ninety-nine for and he got a certificate that he had to print out on his own printer and yep. it said that his IQ was over two hundred. And then he bought a t shirt that said it. Yeah. Ask me about my IQ. Yes. <laughs> He's also a world class athlete. In what? Yes, volleyball. 
volleyball. Right. This had a severe lack of volleyball because I always hear you talk about the volleyball in the next season. Sorry, there's a lot of volleyball. This Dateline special was severely lacking in volleyball. Not even a one. Volleyball was a big deal. It was like a team building. It was like competitive. So it got like your juices flow. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. A lot of this makes me feel uncomfortable for many reasons. But one of the things is it's a lot of like inward learning, which I know is a good thing. But I feel like there's a certain point when it's just, it's so much self-reflection. Self-indulgent. That, right. That it becomes self-indulgent. And then you like kind of can't see things properly anymore. Because your perspective's all out of whack. Yes. Because it's like every action is like, well, how does this make me feel? You can't always do that. It's exhausting to the soul. It's it's interesting. It's a luxury that a lot of people that don't have to work full time or Mm -hmm. support a family, people who live in third world countries don't have the luxury of constant self-reflection, but they are happier in a lot of cases than people in the United States who have who are 22 and they have time to self-reflect a lot. I think journaling and self-reflection is all fine and good, but it, there's a point where it's there's a point. It's self-indulgent and you need to just get off your butt and go get a job. Go volunteer. When you watch these documentaries and hear some of the seminars, it's like some pieces of it sound good, so you see why people are drawn in because I am not saying that anyone who was in this cult is an idiot by any means. No. This is very interesting stuff. But I'm just saying when you get kind of down the road with it, there's got to be, I would just be so tired. It's too much. Mentally exhausted. Why do I brush my teeth with my right hand instead of my left hand? What does that mean about myself? Why am I going counterclockwise? Yeah. Right. What part of my brain am I accessing? And is there a deeper level that I could be accessing? No, I just gave myself gingivitis from brushing too hard. I don't know if you can you get gingivitis. That. That's not actually a real thing. No, you get gingivitis from not brushing. Gum recession, I should have said. So he, Keith calls himself the vanguard. Catherine, the mom of India, is rolling her eyes. And she thought it was kind of silly. Also, they, she sees them wearing different colored sashes that... delineate different levels that they're on, which is very Carol Baskin's cat sanctuary (laughs) volunteer squad. But whatever, a lot of people do that. I was in the blue reading group. I'm sure there's there's lots of things like that. They do things, though, like love bombing, which is the new gaslighting, which is where you inundate someone with praise and affection too much, way too much, too fast, but it causes them to like you and fall for whatever you're selling. If someone did that to me, I would be so suspicious and irritated. It's, it happens in a lot of abusive relationships. They start with love bombing. Oh, and then super slowly, nice. Super yes. nice. And then it slowly the bad parts come through. But they already hooked you in. So yes, you are right to be suspicious. I'm glad I have you as a friend. We were really suspicious of Oliver at first because he was so nice. He was way too nice. And we was like, no, there's going to be something big. Yeah, I'm still waiting for it. Yeah, me too, actually. We're five years in and I'm I'm still like looking around corners. Okay. So they traveled to Albany for V Week, which is, no, which it celebrates Vanguard's birthday. 
this is when I would have been out. I would have been suspicious up until now. This large scale celebration, like it's the Queen's Jubilee, I would have been out. I would be suspicious of anything with a leader at the top, even in a religion scenario. So you have a rabbi and then you have parishioners of that, right, congregation. But the rabbi is hired by the board. So they, like they, like a principal of a school is hired by the board of education. So they're not an all leader. And a pastor is hired by the denomination sometimes or whatever, or a pastor can start a church. But it's not like you you never celebrate that person. You're never celebrating the pastor is not the Messiah. In this case, Keith, the vanguard, is kind of like the Messiah of this cult. And that's where the problem is. Yes. I don't, that's a problem. I also had a problem with the people all in black pants and orange tops, cha-cha dancing on a stage to celebrate his birthday. And they are all as white as can be. And it was really stupid, but they are so happy to be there. So good for them. And then people give speeches about how much they love him. And this woman is crying. India We like India a lot. And India tells Kate Snow that when she met him, she was super unimpressed. She thought he looked like a Teddy Graham, which she describes as those bulbous cookies. She makes a very important statement calling a Teddy Graham a cookie, which if you've not listened to our lovely series of A Date with the Bake, I would like to refer you to Graham Cracker Cookie Debate Number 10. Yeah. Yeah, I think she confirmed you. But I did laugh that she called him a shorty Teddy Graham. Yeah, I loved it. He does kind of look like that, like a little bit. Yeah. Catherine, her mom, brought Casper, my ex-boyfriend, who I still can't remember what I know him from, to an event. And all these very thin women were giving him hugs, intimate hugs. And later we see footage of him hugging a, a line of women, and he kisses each of them on the mouth. And yeah, And Casper said to Catherine, they're all having sex with him. And she's like, no, you're crazy. Only to find out. Yeah, pretty much. So India gets super involved with the group. Her mom, Catherine, leaves. India becomes friends with Nikki Klein from Battlestar Galactica. Very pretty. Huge eyes. Doesn't blink a lot. Doesn't blink at all from what I can tell. She joined Nexium to repair some relationships with her family. Also, Allison Mack, star of Smallville. And then they show a clip from Smallville, and I had totally forgotten. I only watched that show, like, for, like, half a season. That bob that she had, that was crazy. It was like that shot. It was almost a Kate Gosselin. It was like a weird, it was a look. It was a severe look. Allison is super into it. She's doing a video where she's talking to Keith and she's like talking about how she's exposing herself every day and transforming. They use a lot of these words that mean nothing, but sound like they mean a lot. India also becomes friends with Danielle Roberts and she and Nikki Klein become our two main interviews besides India. Danielle is also the only non-blonde that we see for a long, long time. She's a brunette and she was a former star gymnast. And then she became an osteopathic doctor. So she becomes high up on Nexium. She's giving speeches about Nexium. She wanted to learn how personal responsibility and empowerment and helping people and revolutionizing healthcare. They just all see they speak in mission statements. That's how they speak. Oh yeah. That's a good point. So 
she runs a company within Nexium called XOSO that is like a yoga therapy group that uh, physical therapy group that Keith created. She's in charge of it. India gets into it, super into it, and she thinks Keith is great. Catherine is worried because India has dropped all of her career pursuits. Everything is about the mission now. I don't like that. The mission. No, of course not, because that's what, anytime it's like a cult, it's like, it's about the work. Right, right. Always. If it's a the something. Always the work. Yeah. The goal, the promise. The journey. The, the like all of it. Yeah. No, nothing with a the in front of it that then is undefined in a way that you don't immediately understand. Right. And if someone were to ask you that's not in the group, you'd say, it would take me a long time to explain. Then you're in a cult. Why don't you come to a meeting and you'll learn more about it? No. It's a cult. Turn and run. Girl, it's a cult. If someone says meeting and not like sermon, yeah. it, it's a cult. Yeah. You gotta go. Unless it's AA, yeah. that's fine. Help yourself. And that means that you might be an alcoholic. And that's a whole other conversation. Whole other conversation. That's called an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something else. And a circle of people will be there. And that's a different thing. Yeah. So... Catherine is so deep that she starts recruiting other people. And five years after she joined, she moved to Albany to the main headquarters. No, not Catherine. No, no, sorry, no. Sorry, India. India. I'm sorry. It's India. Yeah, Catherine is, Catherine is the mom and she's not. Yeah. India is recruiting people and she moves to Albany to the headquarters, the compound. Nope. Again, that's another buzzword. We should just like do, if there's like a ding that we can use for when it's like a red flag, <laughs> Adam, the ding, that like that compound, mm -mm. there's the next word. Yeah. Mission, compound, the something. <laughs> okay. So Catherine is very nervous that her daughter has just moved across the country to a compound in Albany. Yeah. Keith is going to start mentoring India and she's going to start a business. What this business is, we never learn about and it never comes to fruition, it seems like. That seems to be the running theme. You go in with these big dreams for yourself and then it just becomes all about Keith. Here's the deal. If you want to be a successful woman, have your own business, or just look like you are successful, you don't need to join a cult. You can just wear beta brand pants. There you go. Beta brand customer favorite dress pant yoga pants, which are dress pants that are as comfortable as yoga pants, are made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric, which means you can wear them all day and night. You'll look like a total executive successful program graduate. Maybe if you graduate from ESP and they give you a little card, you can put it in one of your pockets because I have the four pocket yoga denim pants. You know, I love my pockets. Maybe people don't like the pockets as much as I do. They have plenty of pants without pockets as well. So don't think Beta Brand is one in the same pockets. If you hear pockets, you don't immediately have to think of Beta Brand and vice versa. I'm just saying that's what I happen to really like about the Beta Brand pants is they have pockets that work. They have something for everyone. They really do. And they have skirts. A cut, a cut for whatever your body desires. They have literally everything now. So they have boot cut, straight leg, skinny, cropped, always new styles, always new colors. 
I love wearing them to run errands. It makes me feel super fancy. Like I go to the post office to mail out a cross stitch and I feel like I'm mailing a top secret dossier or some legal papers. Document. Documents. I have to get these documents in the mail. The documents. I have to mail the document for the mission. Are going to the corporation. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel super fancy. The headquarters. And I look like I have my act together. Like people are looking at me going, that girl has her act together. She has a real sense of self. She's not in a cult. That's what they're saying when they look at me in my beta bram pants. Probably. Yeah. They might think I'm my own vanguard. Be your own vanguard. Be your own vanguard. Beta bram pants. Mm-hmm. Right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants by going to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. Come on, beta. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta brand. I want my beta brand, beta brand, beta brand, beta, beta brand pants. Now, with or without pockets. (laughs) Always with or without pockets. Always with or without (laughs) pockets. Uh, You must have said pocket 14 times. (laughs) I love the pockets. We're going to need to count on how many times you said the word pocket. But it's whatever you like. It, much like Keith, yeah. these will be whatever you want them to be. Can we not call him Keith because it's confusing for listeners? Oh, because of, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay. Let's just call him Van. K.R. Renieri. Keith Renieri. His last name is difficult, so maybe we'll just... Rainier. Why does it sound weird? I sound like I'm drunk. Rainiere. Keith Rainieri. Rainieri? It's not good. You can't keep saying it. Because it just... It's one of those words that sounds weirder and weirder the more you say it. You're thinking about it too much. You're overthinking it. We're going to call him Vanguard. So... There we go. The big issue that Kate Snow brings up right away is if India and her mom... Catherine had given a cursory Bing search to the Vanguard. There was a plethora of information online about what a bad dude he was, but no one is looking for that. And Dateline even asked in their tweet where they ask like questions for you to tweet about, if you're starting a new hobby, a new group, whatever, do you look into it first? Yes. (laughs) We watch a lot of Dateline, so we probably would. But would you go? But I mean, I do that even with a restaurant. I mean, you look at the reviews to see if it's good. Why wouldn't you do that if you're like, I'm going to try bar that whatever that exercise class is that would the B-A-R-R-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to try that for the first time, you're going to look into it. Mm-hmm. Watch some watch some videos online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I have to do the splits to be able to do this? Because this sounds no, you don't. complicated. They have intro classes. But I don't know that. So I would look it up. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you do that if someone was calling themselves the Vanguard? Then I would probably Google, is this a cult? But if it was just like classes, like let's say I wanted to learn sign language and I was going to look up classes at the local rec center. I don't, I probably wouldn't go, are sign language classes in my city actually a cult? So do you think that they simplify it enough at the beginning that you don't look it up because it feels like taking a sign language class? It just takes sounds like a self. I mean, they, they're marketing it as self-improvement mm-hmm. courses. And then you get deeper in because I don't think you hear about Vanguard in the first day. I think the, it's like Scientology where they wait to tell you about the aliens until you're 
five grand in. Until you're way up on the bridge. Yeah, at least five, 50 grand in. Yeah. And then by then you're like, well, I can't be wrong. I couldn't have dedicated this much of my life and money to it. So I have to go along with it, even though it sounds crazy. Sounds crazy? (laughs) Oh, we should have said this at the very beginning. We are on another podcast talking about this very subject podcast called Dialogue, D-I-E slash a log with Rebecca Sebastian. And you should definitely listen to it. It probably won't be out by the time this is out, but we will be promoting it on our social media. But you should subscribe to her. She's a great gal. She's a new pal of ours, a gal pal. Yeah. And we like her a lot. She's also Melissa's co-host on her new show, Criminality, that we love. But I believe I mentioned it on the show how our friend joined one of these groups in college and said to me one night as I was saying something to her, she just said, Kimberly, you're just being so inauthentic right now. And chills went through my whole body. We'll talk more on that that tale at the end. Okay, great. So Forbes did a story on the Vanguard, calling it a cult, saying how he broke down people to control them. A big critic of his was Edgar Bronf. Bronfman, I'm having trouble with these names. Bronfman Senior, who looks exactly like a billionaire should look. Yeah, that seems right. Like an archetypal billionaire. Yeah, like a Monopoly man. And a little bit how Catherine looks like a princess. Yes. Yes. Yeah. His daughter, Claire, is the heir to his liquor fortune. And she became very invested in Keith and put forth millions of dollars to bankroll his whole, the whole Nexium, basically. One thing that we don't find out in the Dateline and that I'm not remembering from the documentaries is what the amount of money is going in to Nexium. Because let's be clear, this is also, as with many cults, a multi-level marketing scheme right? as well. So, and if you don't know what that is, oh my goodness, look up, MLM and listen to the first season of the dream podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's fascinating. Highly recommend. So, or if you're worried that you maybe are in a multi-level marketing scheme, listen to to the the dream dream first season. So I feel like I would like to know the amount of money because she bankrolls it, but also the people going into this are paying in. So India is paying Catherine said that the first set of seminars was $2,500. That's right. Okay, she did say a money amount. But that was at the beginning. So I'm sure the, there were more and more, and India was in it for years. So more and more. But eventually, India was getting paid as a recruiter when she was living in Albany, but they said she wasn't getting paid very much. So I think there was, it definitely costs a lot of money. I don't think it costs Scientology level money, but I it is a lot of money. Yeah. But look at those huge centers that Scientology builds that are like a thousand oh, feet the empty ones? tall in the sky. Those big like. Heat. Yeah. And, and with no people in them because they're tax shelters. It's really cute. You want me to talk about it? I've got all the info. I, I know. She's been watching a lot Kimberly of just, Kimberly literally just tuned out. <laughs> no. I said tax shelters and her brain went. So we meet a reporter named Robert Gavin, who's covering Keith. He says there are tons of articles about Keith. There's one in Vanity Fair. None of these articles are positive. These people are all seeing right through him. 
Catherine in India never Googled, unfortunately. One of the articles says that Keith had sex with underage girls. And another article says a close-knit group of these women has tended to him, paid his bills, and shuttled him around. Several have satisfied his sexual needs, and a few have left their families behind to wrap him in their affections. I don't get it. Him? No, thank you. Doesn't I don't get the magnetism. He has a really high IQ. Yeah, he's a world-class athlete in squash. I don't know. There's secret sorority for women inside Nexium that is about mentoring women, and it's just for women, and it's called DOS, D-O-S, which we'll get to. And this is kind of what brings down Nexium. the cult. Yeah. There are problems within Nexium inherently, but the big problems stem from DOS. Allison Mack is a leader. She recruits India. She also recruits Nikki and Danielle. Women had to sign a document. Document says, chapter one. Why is the document in chapters? Like it's a Harry Potter book. Chapter one, commitment, furtherance, honor, and gratitude. Ding! (laughs) All of those. Furtherance? No. How do you use that in a sentence naturally? Then it says, your sole highest desire must be to further your master, ding, from what all good things come and are related. What? That's not a sentence. That's a fragment. From what all good thing you must, your highest desire must be to further your master from what all good things come. Further your master from. No, further your master. You're not reading it correctly. Further your master from what all all good good things things come. come. Yeah. I think it means to say from which all or from whom all good things come. They're not using the right article. Yeah, further your master in all good things. Like, for all good things. No, no, no. Further your master from the master which all good things come. Oh, so there should be a comma. There needs to be a change of article, a comma, probably a new sentence. So it is further your master, comma, from whom all good things... Either from whom all good things come or... In furthering your master, that's where all the good things come. So it's not the master, it's the furthering. Okay, I see, I see. From what all good things come and are related. I think that's a dangling participle. That's flippity (laughs) gibbish. You must honor and hold your master and lineage. Lineage? Ding! Who's above the master? Is there a grandfather master? (laughs) Grandmaster? Grandmaster. Grandmaster K? That's it. And lineage it. above all others in every way. So then, and then it like, it goes into what the word soul means. Soul means only. Like, okay, it's all nonsense. What do you mean the word soul means? What did it say? S-O-L-E. It's, a, it's like, I didn't copy down that part, but it's like soul. What do we mean by the word soul? So not your soul, your S-O-U-L. No, it is S-O-L-E. Yeah. Like a Lone. soul proprietorship. Yes, 100%. So- Collateral. Okay, here's where our title comes in. Collateral is potential blackmail. So they take damaging information from you. They take explicit, illicit, sexual, graphic photos and videos of you so that if you leave the group at any time, they will release it. 
So they have this on you, but they say it. This is just to prove how much you want it. So you have to do this stuff to show how much you're in it to win it. You're in it with the team. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, this is hugely similar to Scientology. Yes, in that absolutely. They, you are doing these sessions where you're pouring your heart out and basically like confessing sins, as it were, like in a confession type situation or past bad thoughts, bad deeds, things like that that are being recorded that could be released and I later think or held against Sometimes you. you just don't even know what to say and you're just making stuff up just so they'll feel like you gave them stuff, but then they can use that against you. And that is in both situations. Yes, so they ask India to make up stuff about her family, horrible stuff that they could use to ruin her family if she ever tried to leave. Even though it's not true. Even though it's not true. India goes along with it. Now, Nikki, Battlestar Galactica, big eyes, she says it was edgy and it was extreme, but I was all into it. She's all into it. So here's the deal. We've watched this twice now. You and I have both watched it twice. This is the point when I feel like you start to definitely get the feeling like Nikki is not the same kind of interview as India. 100%. It's kind of hard to tell up until this point, but Nikki defends the collateral a little bit. Not extremely, but definitely says, look, it was edgy. And at this point, I thought she was just being defensive. Like, I don't want to look stupid. Like, I did this, and this may have been not the smartest thing. Mm -hmm. So she's defending it, but she's not defending it because she felt like it was a poor decision. She is defending it because it felt she feels it was a totally fine decision. Yeah. So I went into this foolishly thinking Dateline was only filming and interviewing people who were out recovering cult members. Me too. And Dateline throws us a doozy they love to surprise us and slowly throughout the episode we were kind of like is she she seems huh this nikki that doesn't blink a lot kind of seems like she's still pretty into everything that's weird yeah and then there's another surprise later on that we'll get to but this was definitely the first part where you're like hmm nikki you sound kind of defensive there and you sound like pretty enthusiastic about the process of collateral blackmailing. So, huh. She says it wasn't for blackmail, though. It's to show that she's willing to do anything to become successful. Then it gets worse. Because that's totally normal. Right. To give anything to become successful. To sell your soul to the devil, basically. In the meantime, you don't have a job because you're spending all your time doing this program. And you're not furthering your career at all. And you've posed for photos and videos that made you feel uncomfortable. And you've sold out your family. I also hate to say this, but Nikki told us that she did this to build better relationships with her with family. family. That's why she joined. So I have a few questions, but that's fine. I don't think we'll be speaking. But No, I mean, I would love to. Just saying. But Allison tells India about something else that goes along when you join DOS master slave so this is obviously never addressed but the fact that it's all of these super white super privileged women using the phrase master and slave so flippantly not flippantly i mean they take it seriously but it's gross it's ignorant it made me super uncomfortable 
And later on, we see a black woman who is in DOS. And I was like, what does she think of this? Oh, my gosh. I'm sweating. I'm like literally a little sweaty right now. I'm so uncomfortable. At the very least, at the very minimum, it's poor taste. Yeah, exactly. Poor taste. Exactly. At the worst, it's something way worse. So Allison tells her, I'm going to be your master. Allison is the master of all of these girls. We find out that DOS stands for Dominus Obsequious Sororium, which means... You knew that. I totally knew. I took Latin. I'm going to take Latin at the local Y and see if that's a cult. I bet they have Latin classes. There's going to be serial killers in that class. I need you to not do that. (laughs) What can I write in blood on the wall? And what, like, teacher, can you translate this thing into Latin? Because I need to write it in blood on a wall. Mm. Here's the deal. You're going to take that online. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's we're not going. That's it. No in person teaching online. Thank you. Dominus obsequious sororium roughly translates to master above female slave. At least it's female women power, girl power. Kimberly. Allison could make her slaves do anything. She would give. This is also about women empowerment. Let's be clear. What we're told from the beginning about DOS is that the goal of DOS is female empowerment. Yeah. And I'm assuming that they are telling you that they're breaking you down to build you up. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is part of the doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Allison, also, just in what part of it's what abusive people would say, like you're not you shouldn't give your power away to anyone. And that's you're willingly giving your power away to someone above you so that you can find your own power. But you had your own power. but You gave it away. I don't understand the logic. Allison could make her slaves do anything. She had to give them permission to eat, to talk to people, to travel outside of the group, to do anything. India says that Allison was a very intense person and took her role as master very seriously. And this is wild because it's sort of like with an abusive relationship. And let's say the woman is being hurt by her husband and everyone in society is like, he's the nicest guy. He seems so nice. To me, Allison just looks like the cutest, bubbliest, like sweetest person. Katie's giving me looks, but apparently she, not when she was in master mode, she was the girl next door on Smallville. That was her character. So she was cute and bubbly. She was like nerdy. She was sunshine. Like, and now she's telling you when you can or cannot eat a banana. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's like. You never really know. Or is she so far in it herself? And there is that blurry line that we come to many times in this episode so i'm sorry we are in a control situation now where allison has gotten a little bit of power and control and is basically abusing people with it not basically she is she absolutely is she is now was she abused herself and a victim at the beginning from keith that's the question and that's what at the later on people way smarter than us have to decide We have a lot of things that seem black and white and then become very hazy and tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So Allison is the master. All the women are very, very thin because they're being told when they can eat and all that's being controlled. And not just that, that there's more on that in the other documentaries. It was very much encouraged for them to be a weight was a problem. Yeah. And I'm 
Oh, boy, was I mad. Oh, yeah. God. India was sleeping with Keith. And this part is harder for her to talk about. She says it was not voluntary. It was non-consensual because they all had given collateral and because of the power structure of the cult. So it did not feel like you had the option to say no. So it was compulsory. Yes. If you wanted to be a part of this group or higher up in this, you had to do this. That's not a choice. No. And Nikki, who barely blinks, says that she slept with Keith for 10 years. And she says, and this is, again, where she gets very defensive to Kate Snow, is extremely. she says, I was never coerced. It was totally separate from Doss. I knew he had other partners, but it was 100% consensual. And Kate is trying to say to her, well, you have a man in a position of power. And Nikki's like, let me stop you. She's like, I find it difficult when people question my relationship and think I did something because a man wanted me to. I made all of my decisions because I wanted something and I got something from it. I benefited tremendously from this relationship. In what ways, she does not specify. So this is when you're like, holy crap, Nikki is still in it, guys. Nikki is still in it to win it. Or in the very least, still in love with Keith. Right. At the least, at the minimum, at this point, when I first watched it, I was thinking. But not love, brainwash, whatever. Yeah, whatever you'd call the brainwash love. Yeah. But you'd brainwash love. I was like, oh no, she thinks that they're lovers like they are she is misses him actively i this was very difficult because i understand what she was saying i i hear what you're saying and it does make rational sense if your brain has been like twisted on its side does that make sense it is a very rational argument that she's making i understand what she i do get it and it sounds very strong and it's good but it's like well, the situation from which you're speaking is messed up. Yeah. You're thinking something that's in, like correct if the situation was completely different. If this were a bizarro world. Yeah. But what also she's doing is making Kate feel like she's not a feminist or something for implying women shouldn't have the right to sleep with whoever they want. She's gaslighting her. And yeah, exactly. Like women should have the right to sleep with whoever they want. And how dare you? This isn't 1950s where only men could sleep around and women can't do it. It's my body, my choice, you know, but that's not what this situation is. But that's what she's trying to equate it to. So now comes the branding. And we are not talking about what influencers do. India asked Allison, do we really have to do this? And because she didn't want to. And that becomes a big point later on. Did you want to or not? The branding is how we open. I believe it's the vow. It's like the first thing that sort of comes out. The branding is part of the like stimulus to bring down. Yes. Nexium. Yes. This the specifically the branding within DOS. Yes. So they use a cauterizing pen and they are branded like cattle, which I think we should not be branding cattle either. India had watched Danielle do it and she kind of dissociated like, oh, that's not she didn't even realize that that was going to happen to her, too. And so they cut to Danielle, the doctor, talking to Kate Snow, saying another woman, one woman was stroking my hair 
and one is holding down my legs so I don't get hurt in a very caring, loving way. And then you're thinking our first uh -huh. Danielle? What? At two? At two, Danielle? Are you on Team Nikki and you guys? But then I'm, no, I'm again thinking you're embarrassed. This is an embarrassing thing, right? You allowed this also, to be Danielle done Also, Danielle is you. a doctor, which becomes very big later. So she's like. And so you're especially embarrassed. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're embarrassed on a whole other level because you know medically this probably isn't great. Right. But she's playing so. The part that really got me is where Kate Snow is, says, I just, I can't even imagine. And Danielle says, what about it? Like, and Kate's like being branded with a cauterizing pen, I cannot imagine that sort of pain and why. And Danielle says, it's very simple. We wanted to be part of a kick-ass organization and we wanted this bonding experience to all be brought together. And so that's what we chose to do. So instead of going and getting little strawberry tattoos on our ankles, right. we did this. Right. India says it wasn't really a choice. And the brand, they didn't know they were going to be cauterized. They didn't know it was going to be so big. It's on their hip, like by their pelvis bone. They were also at this point sleep deprived, deprived of food, out of their minds, so exhausted. They did not feel like they had any option to say no, and they weren't thinking clearly. So it was, the, she talks about how horrible it was. The pain is incredible. And the B-roll that they keep showing over and over and over again. How many times would you say? Like 30? This shot of a cauterizing pen. Maybe 30. They're gratuitous almost. Going through parchment paper like an old-timey letter that's being burned around the edges. And it's just sears right through the cardstock. And yeah, over and over over as they're talking about it. Because the paper is thick, at first when you see it, you think it's skin. Yes. And you're like, oh, and then the paper like folds. Yes. And so you're like, oh, okay. But it's very jarring. It's also, let, I don't know why it was, I don't know why this specific thing within DOS was so specifically extra painful. I don't understand. Why didn't you just have a branding tool made and do it all at one time like a cow? I'm not, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, I feel like one go of searing pain, using the thing to draw this symbol is, oh, that's like a few minutes. That's not. I kind of thought it more was like a brand, like it was like a stamp that they had made the pen into that design with the wire. No, they're going. Yeah, that's horrible. Like a tattoo gun. I believe that's what's happening. It's a long period of. Time yeah, yeah. That someone's sitting on a table. Yeah. With no anesthesia or numbing cream or anything. No numbing cream, no anesthetic whatsoever. Side note, though, I do feel like after you've been branded, the perfect pair of pants to wear would be beta brand because they don't have that really tight oh, zipper area. Soft. You know? Yeah, that's true. They're soft and they don't have like a zipper that cuts off your waist and makes it all tight. The brand was K-A-R, which is Keith's initials. Now... I had always thought it was Keith and Allison's initials, and you said that you had seen that as well. I believe that's also in the vow. Yes, that it is both of their initials. Yeah. So we don't really know why the dateline says that it's Keith's initials. 
We talk about it a little in the other podcast that we did dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. But I do. I personally think that they are saying this now because of uh, some sort of correspondence with Allison Max people, which I'm not going to say what kind of people yet because we haven't gotten there. I don't but feel like Dateline cowers to any sort of thing like that. I don't know if it's a cowering thing. I think it might be like a legal thing. I guess, but I've read legal. about it in People Magazine, like in all these specials that are saying it was her initials too. I'm surprised that they didn't say it's also thought to be. Right, like, right, This right, is right. just one sentence that Kate Snow could have said. Right, right, and right. so the fact that she didn't, right. I feel like there is a bigger thing They, I guess have never proved it one way or the other. Like Allison denies that it's her initials in there, right? Right. And so we so, know for sure that it's Keith. Right. So we can say that right. it's, but it definitely looks like both of theirs, which makes the most sense. Yeah. As this story continues. Yeah. That it be both of them. So in 2017, Catherine, back in California, gets text messages from an actress, Bonnie Peace, who has recently defected from Nexium and says, Indy is in danger. You got to go save her. She tells her about DOS. She tells her about the master slave thing. She says they are do they do these things called readiness drills, meaning that if your master contacts you, you have to get back to them in 60 seconds or you're punished. And they were starved. They swear a lifetime obedience to their master. Katie, I know you've sworn a lifetime obedience to a few things. RuPaul's Drag Race, YouTube makeup tutorials, and Bombas socks. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ashamed of it. No. And I won't go back. And don't you dare put a ding in here, Adam. <laughs> I won't. This is, this is a real thing. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. If you have listened to us for any amount of time, you know I have a very, very strong bomb with Bombas. Bombas has literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. I wear Bombas socks every day and at night to bed, pretty much 24 hours a day if my Bombas are clean. I am wearing those socks. I love them. I recently got my latest order of Bombas, which included the merino wool Mm. sock because it's wintertime here. Again, I've never been let down. I've ordered almost every kind now, I think, and I've never once been let down. The merino wool wash like a dream, which I was worried about. Nope. Easy peasy. And they feel like this soft little cushion on your, like this warm little blankie on your foot. They're fantastic socks. And they do have socks for everyone, whether you need an ankle sock for the summertime or for exercising. They have calf high. They have compression socks. Oh, they have the cutest ones right now called the wild wear. And the wild wear is like a combo of like tie dye and like crazy prints, but they're really, really cutely done. I love them. I I love all Bomba socks. They're the Bombas. They certainly are. Not only are they the best socks, they do something good for the members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. That's amazing. It really is. And the impact right now is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes. A small comfort that's really important Mm -hmm. right now. 
Good job, Bombas. Yay, Bombas. Right? So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash date dateline. 20%. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash date dateline. Yay. Bombas, Bombas, Bombas. I did it. You didn't do it. You did it. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) I'm pretty proud of myself. May your bond with Bombas <laughs> be ever strong and sure. I pled my I pledge allegiance to Bombas <laughs> forever. Thank you, Bombas. I'm not in a cult. Thank you, Bombas. So Catherine wants to do anything she can to get India home. So she plans a birthday party in LA that will lure her home, but it's actually an intervention to try to get her out of the cult. It's smart. Yeah, it is. But also at this point, I think when they're doing the intervention, India herself is a master, correct? Yes, she is. She's still a slave to Allison, but she's a master to other people. Yes. And so she, but she is constantly texting them ready drills and stuff like that. We, there are interviews in the other documentaries with people who did this program and like what kind of time commitment it is. Cause it doesn't matter if you're at work, you're at this, you're at that, you have to respond. So if you're a master to like six people, right. you can't get on a plane and go to, you have to be on your phone. You can't be on a plane ride for six hours. You know, you'd be excited if your master went away for the weekend, you'd be like, finally I can eat. No, you can't. I bet you get a separate, a net replacement master to take over for you for the weekend, like a substitute teacher. Seven. Yeah. Like in volleyball. So Catherine tries to get India to defect, but India is in denial. She's in too deep. She has her own slaves. And part of her thought that this was a good thing, that they were doing good things for women. Catherine decides to go to war. She contacts Frank Perlato, who used to be Nexium's PR person, but he... They could really use a good PR person. Yeah, for real. He had thought Keith was charming at first, but then he started discovering financial shady things and tries to investigate because he thinks Keith is doing some shady stuff. He is sued by Keith and Claire as a counterattack because apparently Keith loves to sue people. He sued over 40 people and he's basically Tom Randolph, the widower. Like, it's like, I'll sue you. And he sued former lovers and anyone he thinks that will go against him. So Frank is still going to try to take him down. So he starts the Frank report. Honestly, I feel like it's a real missed opportunity to not call it Let's Be Frank. But whatever. Oh, my gosh. I mean, come on. It's right there. I'm not clever, but it is right there. So it's this blog and he writes Hundreds and even thousands. And I was like, thousands, really? Are you exaggerating just a tiny bit? He's like, I wrote over 5,000 articles about Keith. But he made some of them were real short. short. It was like, bad man. And that was it. Yeah. Just like an arrow. Yeah. (laughs) So Catherine contacts Frank and says, let's work together. She tells Frank about India, about the collateral, about the branding. There we go. And Frank finally is like, branding, oh my gosh, this is finally the thing that could take him down. So he publishes about the branding and about the collateral that's used for blackmail. The article blows up. 30 slaves leave DOS 
in mass exodus because they feel like they're safe now from being blackmailed and they can just go while there's chaos is happening. But India still is loyal. So Catherine's like, I didn't get my daughter out, but I got some women out. So Catherine tries to go to the police. The police say, no, the women are there by choice. Catherine goes to the press. This is what really works. She goes with Sarah Edmonton, who's another actress who defected, who has her brand on her hip. And they show her brand to the media. Like, they take pictures of it. And this is the beginning. Sarah is one of the main people in The Vow. She's great. So she's not in Dateline. I wish she was, because she's a fantastic interview in The Vow, in my opinion. But she really, she was instrumental in this whole thing. Yes. Catherine goes on the Today Show and pleads for India to go home. And she's trying to spread the word. She wants the police to get involved. 48 hours later, she gets a call from her lawyer saying, okay, the FBI is now looking into it. That's great. So she thinks that the Today Show was the thing. The Today Show and there's a New York Times article that are like the things. Meanwhile, India is still in the group and people are saying your mom is a a traitor and she's crazy and she's overreacting and you need to not talk to her and she's the enemy. So then we learn more about Keith. Because now everyone is digging into Keith. Reporters all over the country are obsessed with the story now. We find out he grew up in New York suburbia. He went to a prestigious school. He stars in a commercial, self-made, where he looks really nerdy and not in a cute way. It's really cheesy. He's talking to this man, and this man says, it really is amazing. And Keith says, sometimes it even amazes me. And then he turns to the camera like a lawyer asking, have you been hurt in a slip down the stairs at work? And he turns to the camera and says, it's called Consumer's Byline. And it's an MLM that he created, which again, multi-level marketing, the dream podcast. He got in trouble legally for this MLM, Consumer's Byline. So he starts another one, ESP, Executive Success Programs. There we go. Grifters love an MLM. We see his lectures on tape where he's making very little sense, but saying things very dramatically. So it really sounds like he's saying something. Synergy. (laughs) We see this photo that I missed the first time we saw the episode. I probably should save it for later. He's on a... But you're not. No, I'm not going to. He's on a hotel bed and he's in a white robe, like a hotel robe. And the robe has fallen up so you can see his entire bare thigh of his hairy leg. And he's reading a book called How to Win at Gambling, which is like, you know, he read like How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like he reads all those books, How to Become the Vanguard, How to Make Kimberly Throw Up in Her Mouth. How to, yeah, there we yeah. go. How to Alienate a Date with Dana. Yeah. He is not a world-class athlete or musician. He had a very modest 2.6 GPA in college. Not really a genius either with an IQ over 200. But that doesn't mean anything, low GPA in college. No, that's true. Except that he said he had a million degrees and stuff. He said he had like degrees in a bunch of different topics. That I find hard to believe. Yeah. Because I think you do have to have a decent GPA to do those things. He, we meet cult intervention expert, Rick Allen Ross. People who study cults are just as fascinating to me as the cults. Me too. That's true. Yeah. He said that the Vanguard was 
a genius at manipulating people and he knew how to exploit any weaknesses or insecurities that you had to get himself in there, which is really what it is. It's just knowing how to read people and be what they need you to be. It's more just being like highly intuitive. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it is highly intelligent, but you could just be very highly into it, like really a really good people study, Mm -hmm. you know? India thought that Keith was a martyr and the media is just out to get him for trying to help people. Again, who has he helped? We're not sure. Nexium is out to get India's mom and said, you know, to India, you need to turn on your mom. Claire said that she is the enemy. We need to discredit her. It all it felt very threatening. Who's Claire? Oh, Claire is the financial backer. She had people calling Catherine in California, kind of threatening her. And Catherine was really worried. And she was worried about India's safety, too. So she flies to New York to the compound and she just decides to walk around, see what she can discover. And as she's walking, she sees Keith Ranieri and he's walking with two of his like concubines. I think she says she says some word that I was like, oh, harem. Oh, is it harem? Oh, my God. So she's he's walking with two of his ladies. And instead of confronting her or doing anything, he turns and runs and hides in his house. It's so good. I love it. And shortly after, he flees to Mexico as the U.S. is now looking into him. He is a coward. Allison and Nikki are with him. Apparently, they have become a couple, which I did not know, and they get married. Wow. Yeah. So Nikki tells Kate Snow that she doesn't want to talk about Allison because Kate is like, tell me about your relationship with Keith and then you've moved into a relationship with Allison and then she's like, I can't talk about Allison. There's just no way I could do justice to the beautiful soul that she is. Okay, that's nice. Oh boy. It's beautiful love. Then in March, 2018, in Puerto Vallarta, police come to the door. They're ready to take down Keith. Guess where Keith is? Hiding in a closet. Keep it in the closet. closet. (laughs) He's literally like Harry Pottering, just like <laughs> like hiding or Michael Jackson or Michael depending Jackson-ing. on what, which which closet you want. It is hilarious that he is hiding, and Nikki is recording it as Keith is arrested by Mexican authorities. Keith is deported to the U.S. and charged with a bunch of crimes. Catherine, oh, I I got those. Racketeering, sex trafficking, conspiracy, and sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Those are the crimes that he's charged with, which is what is racketeering for a thousand? (laughs) Kimberly. I'll get back to you. I'll I'll give it a bing and then I'll get back to you. It has to do with like money laundering. But wouldn't it be fun if it was cheating at squash? If it was something with a racket? racket? So Catherine is getting a facial at the time. She says it was a total waste of a facial. She had tears <laughs> running. And she, why we should say, Catherine is stunning. I had to Google oh. how old she was because she looks like beyond incredible. She's so beautiful to me. And like her skin looks amazing. And I was like, of course she's getting a facial. What kind of facial is she getting? Can I get that kind of facial? What can I do? Yes. So she Those said, all available to you. She said, I don't know if I can afford the kind of facial she gets. I bet she gets the kind that Probably have real, not. real gold in them. Like, you know, 
a cream made out of diamonds. Diamonds, for the love of God. Diamonds. 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 Effing diamonds, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I could buy... Maybe I could buy Anna Diamond. Diamond cream. <laughs> so bad. So she says that the lotion is like everywhere because tears are running down her face. And it was a total waste of a facial. But I loved it. She's so happy. Facials are a perfect way to relax and do self-care. There are other ways, though. There definitely are. Do you experience stress, have anxiety, chronic pain, or trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. So do I. Many of us do. Personally, I have some serious bouts with sleeping troubles, we could say, at the very least. Either my mind's going too much, and so it's like anxiety producing not being able to fall asleep, or I just straight up have bad dreams, so I'm anxious to go to sleep because I'm worried I'm going to have bad dreams. Something I found to really, really help with that is feels. 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 Give me the feels. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your door. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. So all you have to do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue, either at night in the morning, depending on what you're using it for, and you can feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember, though, about CBD is that finding your right dose is really important, and everyone's dose is different. So you need to leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so, and you may need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. And the best thing about Feels is they have flights that have different doses within it, so you can test out a few while you're on your journey. And even better than that, they have real human support. So if you have questions or think that you're not getting your desired effects, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through your personal experience. That's helpful. Absolutely. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. So join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on each order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has me feeling my best every day and night, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash date dateline, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A ls.com slash date dateline fials and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash date dateline feel better with feels i'm feeling good from my head to my toes and i do and i know what to do i got a point of view i got a new attitude you were singing every fourth word i think i switched from one song to another in between there you definitely did. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Feels. Thank you so much, Feels. <laughs> Check them out, guys. Racketeering is a pattern of activity that involves some sort of enterprise as opposed to crimes committed by single individuals. It could be anything from murder to kidnapping to drug trafficking, gambling, money laundering. That's pretty much the only thing I said that was correct was money laundering. There's a bunch of different crimes that can be considered racketeering. It's kind of a broad term, I guess. What's a raconteur? That is a band starring Jack White. Okay, didn't know. And is that different than the Rocketeer? Yeah, the Rockettes. These are all different things. Yeah, all different. Oh, by the way, when Keith is arrested, it says on the arrest warrant, a.k.a. the Vanguard. Like when it says his name. I saved that for (laughs) B-roll. I was like, what? Don't give him. It's on the warrant. Don't 
do that. Don't give in to that. Don't. Is that just in case he says, you can't arrest me? I don't go by that name? Right. I'm the vanguard. Yeah. You have to call me my given name? Yeah. Two weeks later, Allison Mack is arrested. India is worried that she's going to be arrested. Claire is arrested. Danielle's worried she's going to be arrested. They're all worried they're going to be. So far, only Claire, Allison, and maybe a couple other high-up ladies are arrested along with Keith Ranieri. India agrees at this point to work with a cult expert, a deprogrammer, who her mom sets her up with, who helps her relearn her ability to critically think. This is all what it comes down to. It's like, it takes, so important. Everyone should learn these skills. This is just after Allison Mack is arrested. So it's really after like the multiple arrests happen that she's like, okay. Well, now she feels safe too, because her master is now arrested. So she feels probably a lot safer to leave. And the whole thing is kind of crumbling. So India moves back to L.A. and tries to rebuild the relationship with her mom. Now, the doctor, Danielle, the former gymnast, she says to Kate Snow, I could have walked away at this point. It would be a lot easier if I walked away. But and we're like, Danielle, girl, you okay?" And then we cut to Nikki who Kate's like, what do you feel about this? You've you spent 10 years in Nexium. And she, because India feels like she wasted seven years of her life and is now having to relearn how to live again. And Nikki was in it for 10 years. She tells Kate she is so grateful for the tools that she learned, the community, the bonding, the friendships. She's grateful for every bit of it. So you're like, okay, girl, you're still in it. And then we get what was an OMG moment for me, which was we find out the one who actually did the branding, Dr. Danielle. Oh, my gosh. She branded 17 women. She tells Kate that they were all naked. That was part of the process. Allison asked her to do it. And now her medical license is at stake. Kate Snow says, well, you took a hypocrite critical oath to hypocritical hypocritical what is what's going on with you <laughs> you took a hypocritical oath where you you took a hypocritical oath mean it. to do no harm <laughs> you took a hippocratic oath to do no harm but she says to keep people from pain danielle says well first of all i wasn't acting as a doctor at those moments when I was doing a procedure on people, I was acting as part of a social group. And Kate is like, but you are a doctor. And what my point would be, I would ask Danielle, is if someone is choking at a restaurant, but you are not at the restaurant as a doctor, you are there as a diner, you are still obligated to try to help that person. If someone has a heart attack on a plane next to you. That's why they say, is there a doctor on board because you're kind of a doctor all the time if you can save someone or in this case hurt someone and then she says there's a big difference between pain and harm so I said I would do no harm and no one was harmed in this so then I was like okay a couple things Danielle this is tricky because I mean I guess you can say the same thing about 
a tat if she was had a tattoo gun and was giving tattoos. They if you get a tattoo from a doctor though, you're given like numbing cream. So I don't know if doctors perform tattoos. They do if you have cancer and they tattoo the part of the cancer that you have so they can keep hitting it with radiation and things like that. Like if you have breast cancer, they do a little tattoo. And there are doctors that like pierce ears, like pediatricians will pierce kids' ears if the parents bring them in. But they usually get numbing stuff. Yeah, I know. It's a very L.A. thing. So there. What? Yeah, I know. That was my reaction, too. when I heard about it. I was like, just go to Claire's. But apparently people care about their children and want them to go to a real doctor. So I don't know. Claire's is kind of pricey, though. You'd be surprised. But she's saying they were not harmed. They were cauterized, okay? But also, you just said you weren't acting as a doctor in that moment. So what does it matter if you broke your oath? Do you see what I'm saying? She's saying I wasn't breaking my oath, but also I wasn't acting as a doctor in that moment. She's basically covering all of her bases. But see, this is just, again, this really tricky territory. So let's say that Dr. Danielle is into really kind of kinky sex play, and she likes to be burned and burn people right, right. with something, right. with an object. Yeah. What is she breaking her oath by doing that? Because that's a social scenario right? where she is doing that to someone. I guess it comes down to what Kate brings up, which is when Danielle says it was consensual, these women asked for it, which is very like they were asking for it. And it's very icky language. Just say that. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) And Kate's saying, that's not what they're saying. And and she says, well, maybe the narrative has changed now. That they now saying they weren't asking for it. And Kate says, well, they were forced into it. They didn't want it. They were brainwashed. So even if they said they wanted it, they didn't, they couldn't speak for themselves because they were not in their right minds at the time. It's like someone consenting to something when they're almost blackout. Like, it's a blurry line. But I think... Let me say this. Yeah. People in cults really don't like it when you use the word brainwash. Like, Danielle has a reaction to that word. Well, Danielle is using fooey language. Yeah, Danielle is saying things like, well, the narrative seems to have changed now for them. Like, she's using the words like narrative. And then Kate says, India said she did not feel like she could say no to the branding. And Danielle says, I'm sorry, that's how she has chosen to perceive it, which is like layers upon layers. Yeah, but then she says, but I was there. And at the time, she wanted it done. They said they wanted it. They acted like they wanted it. They were laughing. They were scared and nervous, but they were into it. They were asking for it. Also, I how she's chosen to perceive it is some BS. That's like, I'm sorry that you have chosen to have your feelings be hurt when I called yes. you. Oh, God. Oh, I hate that. Oh, it's the worst. It makes me like, uh, makes my stomach hurt. So what Katie's talking about is this. Danielle does get very upset about the brainwashing thing. She says, I believe that we are all responsible for our own decisions, our own decisions, no matter what the consequences are. So then I was like, well, then if your license gets taken away, that was a consequence. Because of a decision that you made. But she says flat out, I do not believe in brainwashing. 
So she actually gets to keep her license. The New York State Board determines she can keep it. She keeps her practice and gives lectures. But right when this story gets more and more press, I think every time the surge comes and people start talking about it, like every time there's a new documentary, they're going to look into taking away her license again. I don't think she's going to be off the hook for a very long time until it actually gets taken away. I think she's going to have to leave the country. Yeah. I'm surprised she's not already in Toronto. She says, like, she's dedicated her life to be a doctor. It would be horrible if it was taken away. And... Well... Yeah. And then we get into this tricky thing because she is obviously part of this group. And she was a slave at some point to some people. And, like, so it's the slippery slope of when victims become perpetrators. Like, India was was a slave and she becomes a master. And Catherine, Kate Snow asked Catherine, how do you feel about that, that your daughter participated in that? And Catherine said, well, the courts, thankfully, have decided that she was a victim. And so they've chosen not to prosecute her. So that's like sort of. I I was just going to say, I appreciate Catherine, like understanding that that was a real possibility. Absolutely. Like, I appreciate that Catherine saw that, like, no, there is this other side of it. Mm-hmm. The courts have decided this, thank goodness. But, like, I'm sure they were very nervous about that. Well, she was, I think it's part of the reason she left. She was worried about getting arrested after Alice and Matt got arrested. After they were all worried. So they knew, they knew inherently it was wrong. That's the thing. If you're worried about getting arrested, then you know you've done something wrong. But you can be doing something wrong and also feel like you have no choice in the matter and, like, have to do it. That is true, too. You're totally right. When you're forced to do things that you that are wrong, then that gives them one more thing to use against you if you ever try to leave. Like if you become a master, you have now done things that they can totally blame you for if you try to leave. So then you're in even further. But we we talked about it with Rebecca about how victims become perpetrators in a lot of in like sex trafficking and a lot of things like that. And we don't feel like we are smart enough to decide who is to blame. I think we all agreed like rehabilitation is more important than jail. If you are coming out of a situation like that, even if you were a perpet- a cult or something like to be rehabilitated first and then the courts or someone better than us can decide if you should be prosecuted. This is going to become a prevalent question as like Scientology will eventually fall apart and all of these victims will come forward and all of these abuses that happened under the guise of this and that in that organization. Like as all these things come out, these questions are going to keep coming up. They're good to think about. They're hard to think about, but it's great to have the conversation going. Exactly. They're hard. It's not a black and white issue. It's not, but it's good to have the conversation. And also, I can only encourage like everybody out there to just be open to listening. Don't think this is a black and white issue because I don't know if this one is. I don't think it is at all. I'm more of the mind to assume that the person is a victim and that's what led them into this behavior. But you're going to have people out there that believe the exact opposite. So I'm just saying on this issue, let's listen to each other and hear where people are coming from on their points. And that's the best we can do is listen. When you were saying something about Allison earlier, like how she got a little bit of control and then got really into controlling other people. 
There's yeah. there is the famous study that they did in Stanford with the um oh yeah the prison the prison guards and the the students and they were divided into a group and one group had complete control over the other group and they kind of went nuts with the control like doing horrible demeaning things it happened within days and it's it's a really tricky line and we are not psychologists but. We just play one on a podcast, exactly. but that's fine. <laughs> Jay, and if you want more of us psychologically diagnosing people, check out our 90 Day Fiance. Oh, uh, join our Patreon. Yeah, because that's, uh, you can't help it. You can't help it. Everyone on that show needs our diagnoses, I think. We have figured out Rebecca and Natalie to a T. We maybe have. Maybe. Until we find out something else, then we're going to be dead. Yeah, wrong. every episode yeah. it changes. It's fine. So yeah. Claire is charged with a bunch of things, including this was so interesting: fraudulent use of a deceased person's identity. You're going to just drop that on a state line and not tell us what she did? I would like to know more about her. Her pictures are fascinating. I need to know. I need to know more about her. Like, was she romantically involved with Keith as well? Had to be. What? How old was, it was she? Quieted. That's what more I thought. She she doesn't seem to be his type, let's say. That's what I would think. He seems to like young ladies. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Young ladies. Yeah, young. So Allison, we'll get into that. Allison pled guilty to racketeering and conspiracy charges. Rocketeering? <laughs> Puppeteering. She worked with puppets, marionettes mostly, and... <laughs> Uh-uh, with the lonely goat herd lady. She was charged with all of that nonsense. So Keith, since they all took these plea deals, Keith has to stand trial alone. And his attorneys say that he is being railroaded. And this is all because we live in a puritanical country and people are just horrified that someone would have multiple sexual partners and that's really all this is about is people trying to tell keith that what and what isn't appropriate for him to have relationships with all these women and the brandings were consensual and the lawyer says they're trying to make it out like oh these poor little dears they're victim he keeps saying poor little dears it was gross that's that's gross i don't, sir. I don't like you lawyer no and then he says when men do it they're marines when these women do it, they're poor little dears. So Keith goes on trial for sex trafficking and forced labor. They play a recording of him and Allison talking about the branding on a walk. And he's sort of giving, because he recorded all of his conversations. So it's like Keith and Allison talking about branding 6.59 a.m. on a walk. Why do they do that? Why do they record their conversations? This is only going to come back to bite you. Why do you do this? But a lot of really weird, shady people do it. Like the compulse Richard Nixon compulsively recorded like every conversation in office. So I think. Because they're scared? Because they're paranoid? I don't know. So they can use it against other people? I don't know. So they can edit it and then blackmail people with it? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Or so they're scared that they can. So no one can use things against them. I don't know. It's very strange. So he's saying like, do you think the person should be nude? I think they should be nude and maybe held down to the table like a sacrifice situation. And we should videotape it in from a bunch of different angles. So we have more collateral on them. I think that so it doesn't seem like they're being coerced. They should have to ask for it. And they should say something like, please brand me. It would be an honor. 
And so they have to say this special phrase and then so it doesn't look like they're being coerced. There's the key. So it doesn't look like they're being coerced. Yeah, he knows. Keith is also charged with sex with a child and having child pornography. Oh, boy. And then there's this woman in Mexico that we hear about who was so infatuated with Keith that she emails him. And his teachings. And his teachings. She wrote him saying, I am 100% clear that you are what I want for my daughter. And offered up her daughter to him, who was like 15, as a virginal sacrifice. And another woman claimed that the Vanguard started molesting her when she was 15. And she was eventually groomed and molded into a master. I do believe that the documentaries go into a little more how widespread Nexium was. And I don't remember, but I'm thinking there was something substantial in Mexico. I, that sounds right. Yeah. So, but a bunch of people are flipping on him, testify against him. The court finds him guilty on all counts. He's sentenced to 120 years. 120 years. 120 years. And I don't know much about what he preached. I don't think he preached to have anything like supernatural powers to just like live really long time i'm thinking about the guy in orphan black who kept saying he was like 400 years old but keith is gonna die in prison and women give impact statements against him including india but not all women some of his supporters these loyalists are they camp out outside the prison and they record themselves and we see the videos of them dancing And Danielle is doing flips because she was the former gymnast. And they're singing and doing like flash mobs and freestyle dancing to cheer him up if he can see them outside the prison walls, partying on the street to show that they are still loyal to him. All in like hipster clothes and all like in their 20s with like floppy hats and overalls. I mean, that's exactly what happened with Manson, though. It looks like a commercial for... Burt's Bees. I don't know. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it there. I was like, what? Who are these women? Yeah. What's happening? Get a job. Hippies go home. No, I'm just kidding. Why are there no men? Yeah, there are no, there were, are men at like some levels of Nexium, but not deep down. Oh, no, there definitely are because they go into it very much so in, in the other documentaries. This, I like that Dateline only focused on the women yeah. from Nexium for this. That's very interesting, but I also find it interesting that the people supporting him out front of the prison seem to be exclusively young women. Yes. Well, that's his his thing, his brand. Sorry. That's his harem. Yeah, poor taste. Yeah. His, Not at all. His brand. Good wordplay. He has lawyers that are men, but like the women are the ones that are standing by him, the women of DOS. And so Nikki and a few other DOS members that are still very loyal to him start the Dossier Project, which is, this is what it says on their website, Women, a group of women committed to uncovering and discussing uncomfortable truths. All of us were formerly part of one more time. Yeah, exactly. We are a group of women committed to uncovering and discussing uncomfortable truths. All of us were formerly part of the secret society known as DOS. I kind of would not mind being in a secret society. I think it sounds kind of fun, but not like this and not like Skulls from that movie with Joshua Jackson. I don't know. They're like a nice group. I don't know. Illuminati. Are you 
recruiting. No, they're not nice. Um, what do you the What do you want your secret society to do? Just like fun and have sleepovers and stuff. Trade stickers. Braid each other's hair. You want like girlfriends? Yeah. You just want like yeah. Watch watch center stage and order pizza. You, you want friends that are seventeen or fifteen? Yeah, but only like every few months. The rest of the time, I want me time. So only like every few months. I feel like that's your life now, but that's fine. But we have like a secret handshake, maybe. Maybe. Why don't we just do a secret handshake? Okay, we could do that. And just call it good. Let's learn that dance from the end of Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, finally. And then that will be our secret handshake. I feel like I know it without even learning it. But yeah, okay. Maybe we write letters with the invisible ink to each other, you know? Oh, I do that. Okay. Kate Snow says to Nikki, Nikki, are you brainwashed? Here we go. And Nikki also doesn't like the word brainwashed and says, maybe you can ask any of my friends. I'm pretty smart. And I was like, it's not about smart. It's really not. And that's implying that anyone that falls for a cult is stupid. And that's not true. It's not true. She says, I have my eyes wide open. And I was like, yeah, you do. Because you have huge doe eyes. And I'm jealous. Yep. She says, I'm willing to have everyone think I'm brainwashed in order to stand up for what I believe in. Which is, again, like exactly what the cult things do it makes the it made keith into a martyr everyone was out to get him everyone's out to get us but we're in this together and you we have to stand up for what we believe in because no one gets us no one understands us like we understand each other and what we're doing you know and it's this is a dangerous part of that yeah so she's proving she's now like proud i think that she's one of the last ones standing the last ones who's like we pledged to do this forever we pledged to be in this for the rest of our lives to be with our master and like i'm still in it and you other girls aren't basically is i think how she thinks i need nikki to stay really far away from scientology when she finally comes out of this i need her to stay far away yeah she just might jump to another they're gonna, one. They're going to find her. And if you think that Scientologists aren't going after all of these people leaving That's Nexium, a great point. you're crazy. That's a great point. Yeah. Nikki has says she lost her acting career because of this. And she has to, well, I think part of it was because she was living in Albany, like dedicating all of her time to Nexium. So you can't really this is what be happens. an actor yeah. and spend 14-hour no. days on sets in New York or L.A. if you're living no. in Albany in a, on a cul-de-sac. So Nikki had to get a job at a cafe, and she said people recognize her from Battlestar, and it's embarrassing, basically. And Danielle says she's broke, she's out of work, she sold everything she owns. Listen to yourself, Danielle. Yeah. Listen what the words that you're saying. Is this worth it? Here's my big question. Who is paying for Keith's legal funds? These women. These women, I guarantee you, are working and trying to find jobs and working at cafes to help support his legal funds and make sure he has everything he needs in prison. Because they're still fighting his charges. He has these highfalutin lawyers who say that there was prosecutorial misconduct and he should get a new trial and all this stuff. So I I want to go back really quick to the beginning. Yeah. What's the name of the series that you're going to classes on in the beginning? Executive Success Programs. Okay. This sounds like there's 
a huge success. Yeah, huge success. You've made a huge success of your life. Yeah. Now, I'm sure Claire still has money because she's like an heiress and has millions of dollars, but it's all gone to Keith. I'm sure Keith still has money, too. Yeah. I'm sure he was smart enough to put some away. But it all came from these women and these people. Oh, yeah. India says that she would love to talk to Danielle. And she says, forcing someone to see the truth is not respectful. And it's not the way to get someone out of a cult. I would love to talk to her. I would love to listen to her. And she says she believes that Danielle has a good heart. That's nice of her. That's really nice of her. And it's probably true, right? I don't doubt it. Yeah, I don't doubt it. You just listen. I mean, that you just, I mean, you talk and just ask questions is what she said. I just want to ask her questions Mm -hmm. because I can't tell her that she's wrong. Right, exactly. No, you can't. The the cult awareness guy talks about the film Gaslight, and that's why we call it Gaslighting. And Danielle says, my life would be so much easier if I just said to the board, I'm so sorry. I was brainwashed. I made a mistake. I didn't realize it was wrong. I was in way over my head. That, But that would be a lie. So I'm not willing to do that. So now she just has to wait and see if they're going to take away her license nikki and the other true believers are still fighting for keith they're all marching very dramatically in power suits outside of the prison also two of them aren't wearing a mask and i was like "Eh, nikki's not wearing a mask and some of them are wearing masks keith doesn't take the stand in trial but he wants to talk to dateline so he says on the phone that both the devil and the saint should be able to get the same treatment under the justice system. Okay? He says things were so unfair against him and his new lawyers are planning an appeal. He says, I apologize for my part in the pain and suffering, for my part in this horrible situation. And so the producer of Dateline says, well, so then you're guilty. And he says, no, no, you can cause damage inadvertently. And you can cause damage without being guilty of a crime. There was damage that I participated in, but I wasn't the cause of it all. Okay. Um, And then he says, we are the, and I'm like, who's we? You and Allison? You and Doss? Who are you talking? The group. We are the cause more or less. And then he says, all the damages I can fathom, I participated in. I feel responsibility for. I was involved in the cause of it. What is this word salad? I was involved in the cause of it. That haunts me forever. I can't. It's circle speak. It's just it's just round and around. There's no it's not a clear path. It's meant to confuse uh-huh. you. It's meant to make you feel make you feel unintelligent. Yeah, for not getting it. And it's all fake. Yep. Exactly. Right. It's a, it's like it, you train yourself how to do. That. Yes. He says, I didn't come up with the branding. I don't even like tattoos on my romantic partners. You can ask them. I don't even like tattoos on them. But these women agreed to the branding under four conditions for entrance into the sorority that I was not in charge of at all, even though it's my initials and I'm on tape talking about the branding. He said, when I first heard about the branding, I was almost embarrassed because I don't know. It's not, that's not my thing. But then I thought if it was Albert Einstein's initials, no one would care. If it was Brad's Pitt's initials, then maybe you'd have some jealous husbands. But 
Are you comparing yourself to Albert Einstein and Brad Pitt? Because it sounds like you might be. It definitely sounds like you are. And then he says, I took it as an honorary thing. And then he says what Katie picked up on, which I did not pick up on the first time, which was, he says, that brand was going to be tattooed over anyway. It was symbolic. But you just said you didn't like tattoos. He just said it. He literally, it's moments away from each other. You don't like tattoos. You don't even like them. But you were going to have these really important women in your organization tattooed? Yeah. That you were sleeping with the majority of them? Yeah. Even though you didn't like it? Yeah. He was transferred to a federal prison in Arizona. Allison is awaiting sentencing and has filed from divorce for divorce from Nikki. Sad. I thought that was true love. Claire got six years and Danielle is waiting to hear about her license. She got six years? Yeah, Claire. She got a long time. Yeah. Something was very seriously wrong there. She stole a dead person's identity. As one thing she did. But, like, there must have been something else. That's a long time for that, is what I'm trying to say. That That's not normally... And especially someone with that much money, it's surprising that they would get that much time. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. India is engaged, and he, she and her mom are building this farm together. And then four days after moving into this farm, this huge fire destroyed the farm. It destroyed every heirloom the whole family had like everything, every position. But she said, even though they lost everything, she feels like a fresh start because she has her family together for the first time in a long time. And that's all that they need. I felt that. It's very sweet. I was like cleansing fire. A cleansing okay. fire. Yeah. That's a just a new life, new everything, just out with that old stuff. And now just starting afresh. I, I feel for her, but I'm also like, okay. I love it. That's all right. She's great. I think she's a great person to be talking about this. Good job, India. I'm glad you're out. Yeah. These other people, I this is what so was sho- was so shocking about this dateline was to have the people that are still in it. Mm-hmm. That's just so shocking. and the way the dateline handles it by not letting you know right away. I know it's so sneaky. Just subtly kind of building on it and especially with Danielle the doctor because she doesn't seem like she's defending it in the beginning, the way that they edit it. And then all of a sudden in the end, you're like, oh my goodness, you're not only defending it, you're doing cartwheels in front of his prison cell. Yeah, it's insane. Like back, round off back hands uh-huh. down the sidewalk. Wow. It's crazy. Mm. Do we have any B-roll bonanza? Yeah, I do have some B-roll bonanza. I have got courtroom drawings. Is that... Should that be on the extreme bingo card? Yes. Yes. No, it is on the bingo cards. It is. Okay. When you can't see inside the courtroom. Yeah. These were pretty good. I liked these. Courtroom sketches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. There was one and it looks like Keith was asleep in the drawing. It, it, it's like this. The one after the verdict too is particularly poignant. He's like, mm, sad face. Um, it was good. Sad face. The most of the B-roll, I would say, of people that were shot in Los Angeles is for, I don't know where they shot them, but I'm feeling like it's downtown LA because, or like the La Brea Tar Pits, because it's literally construction zone. Right. Frank. Well, like India gets really nice area, I thought. No, India has one where she's walking by construction zone. And that's when I think they do film by the courthouse. And I'm wondering if they then shot some other stuff near the courthouse. But with in Frank LA. in particular, he's like leaning against cement blockades 
and barbed wire fences. And yeah, it was very Fra- strange. And okay, and Frank, if you guys don't remember, Frank is the reporter. Let's get from, Frank. That had the Frank Frank blog. Frank report. Frank report. Yeah, let's get Frank. So he also, the first thing they show him is him on his computer and he types like he's playing the piano. Yes, I noticed that. It was really funny. And he's standing up. He's at like a standing desk. It was very, and it was very like arched fingers. Yes. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautiful. Frank. I love that, Frank. You look real good doing that. And I didn't know if it was real typing or not, but I think it is. I think he's just a fancy typer. Or if just choo, 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 choo. <laughs> Yeah, it was lovely. India and Catherine are at side-by-side fancy computers on fancy stands and stuff in a fancy little... In the most beautiful home in Calabasas. I mean, where are... They're in Calabasas, right? They've got to be. There's paparazzi shots of India, which I thought were strange because Dateline doesn't usually use those. But it looks to me like paparazzi shots of India. And then there's the same shot of Allison walking into prison. And I remember it when it happened because I could not get over how bouncy her walk is because her hair is like flip, 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 flip. And she's going in for racketeering and sex sex trafficking charges. And she's like, do, 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 with her little backpack. And like, like she's a little kid going to school and her hair is in this little ponytail, like a little bouncy kid. And I'm like, sex trafficking? Her? Is that what's happening? Is this when you first heard about Nexium when she went in? Yeah, probably. Yeah. This is when I first heard about it. I feel kind of bad about that. I feel like I should be more up on the news because I wish I had heard about it through these big articles that were released. But instead, I was like, no, it's because of celebrity sex traffickings. No, I didn't hear about it till they till he and she was arrested till they were all arrested. Yeah. So also, what specifically are the sex trafficking charges about? Well, they say that they kept they they recruited women. They kept them imprisoned, kind of. They weren't allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to eat. They weren't allowed to whatever. And they had to do sexual favors for Keith. Yeah. So I need to go back and watch those other documentaries because I feel like it definitely goes into more. They go into a lot more detail. Yeah, I know they do. But I, I'm I watched it a while ago. So I'm hazy on the yeah. details. But yeah. Did you we have an MVP? Can we go ahead and give it to India, India and the other survivors? Yeah, absolutely. Those two actresses that flipped for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it to Frank, but quite frankly, Frank. Oh my God. It should be called Let's Be Frank. Write him an email. Maybe that was taken, Kimberly. It's very clever. So it might have been taken. I'm sure it was, but it's his blog. He can call it whatever he wants. Frankly, my dear, that's what it should be called. I don't give a DOS. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a DOS. Drop the mic. That was it. <laughs> there we have it. Brand's unhappy being on Dateline. Branding. Oh, Lord. Brands unhappy being on Dateline. Branding unhappy being on Dateline. This, yeah. Yeah. Executive training courses. Yeah. Sessions. Yeah. Did you have title? No. Next, 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 no. Next question. Next DM. How about 120 years later? Perfect. What about branded as a liar? Yeah, that's great. What about eyes wide open, brain sealed shut? Perfect. Okay. What about... Das boot him into prison. Yeah. Lo- oh, that's my favorite. Yeah. Das boot. Yeah. I know. Anytime Das boot yeah. could come in. That's my come favorite. On. Yeah. 
gotta gotta do that. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Watch those other two: The Vow on HBO and Seduced on um, Stars. And subscribe to Dialogue D I E slash A Log with Rebecca with a K, because she's awesome, and we're going to be on it very soon, talking more about this and just about our podcast and true crime. And we had a fun conversation. Thank you, everybody. Stay away from cults. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Good luck out there. Be kind to each other, please. Yep. Wear a mask. Bye. 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 Bye, girl. Bye, girl. I'm suspicious of something with a leader. And maybe get out of here. Oliver just turned the corner and did this motion. Like he's going to kill me. towards me like he was going to kill me. What are you doing? I gave myself gum recession. That's from old age. No, anyone can have gum recession, girl. I have gum recession. Well, I don't know how you got that because I feel like you have very good dental hygiene. I know. There's just one side of my mouth where the gums. Are you brushing with a soft toothbrush? Yeah. I mean, they're all... You're sure it says soft on it? It's fine. Don't worry about my gums. They're fine. I'm, I now I'm, well, can I have the number or email of your dentist? No, it's, <laughs> I won't give I'll, that to you. I'm texting your mom, <laughs> Joni. <laughs> What did she say in the labyrinth? Oh, you haven't seen the labyrinth. You have no power here. The thing I can't remember, and I always get wrong. <laughs> Something about you have no pow- power here, but that might be Lord of the Rings. I need I need to see the have the quotes like in front of my desk that has the Gandalf quote and then the labyrinth quote, and so I don't mix them yeah. up anymore. Okay, never the Mark Twain shall meet. So. <laughs> <laughs>